This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in a very wet and soggy Dallas, Texas. Oh, send it this way. I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 22nd, episode 3003, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Uh, Good morning, everybody. As I said, we are in the middle of flooding torrential rains right now. I am in the back of the trailer in the horse part where I record, and it is dark as night here, Jamie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just looked at the radar, and there is a very ominous swirling mess above you right now. Yeah, right now. Um, They had nine inches of rain in the city of Dallas in four hours last night. Wow. So Dallas apparently is flooded. All the roads are flooded. Thank God I didn't have to go in till tomorrow. So it's supposed to be over today. But they needed the rain down here like you did, but I don't think they quite wanted it in this way. So. Well, yeah, exactly. We got like a little dusting of rain yesterday, just enough to make you hopeful and then crush your dreams. So, so since we started recording two seconds ago, you can hear it's gotten harder. <laughs> so. Yeah. So that noise you hear in the background is rain on the trailer roof, and there's not much I can do about it if we're going to do a show today. So There's a particular noise you will hear that is the sirens that will go off, and if that <laughs> happens, we need to cut. I've already... Jennifer's phone has what? Since we got on the call this morning, has had two alerts for flooding, so... Um, and there is a lake. See, we're at this campground. Now, we're up about 20 feet in height from the lake. We're at the highest point, but the lake was really down yesterday and i just looked out a couple minutes ago and it looks like it's a normal height now so it's full (laughs) (laughs) so i assume the campground will let us know if we have to evacuate because i don't think trailers float so uh, we'll find out anyway (laughs) that's that's why you're hearing a lot of background noise today well, sounds good. What's on today's show? We're going to get an update on our road show, what we've been up to since we left your house. And also, we have a Black Rains guest of the month, Fort Worth Drover, Donald Lee, who we saw yesterday. We'll talk about that. And your equestrian first world problems all on today's show. And the Auditor Post Show, being that I'm going to Podcast Movement, the largest podcasting conference for the next two days, I have a report that just came out today on the state of podcasting. So you're going to be fascinated by these numbers because we just celebrated 3,000 last week. We are very unusual. and uh, Very, very unusual. That is not the first time I have heard that. (laughs) At least in the podcasting world, we're very unusual. And I think in every world, we're kind of unusual. So yeah, that's what's going on in today's show. Let's do some Daily Winnies. I have a bunch of Daily Winnies, actually. I want to thank Tammy and her boyfriend, Randall. We stayed at their place. We left your place and went to their place in Weatherford, Texas. 
and uh, they they were great. Uh, we were parked down the hill a little bit by her arena, and Jennifer, on Saturday, got to do a mounted shooting lesson. Oh, fun. But the problem is, uh, you have to, she has you practice on the ground, getting used to the gun and, you know, acting like you're on the horse and walking and everything. And then it poured and she never got on the horse. So <laughs> she, she got to shoot the pistol a few times, but never got to get on the horse. And then it's just been raining ever since. So we were parked at, down at the bottom of her very muddy driveway. And I barely got the truck out. And I said, if this stops raining, we're, we're moving our camper to the top of the hill. And we're going to our campground a day early. Thank God we did. We would have never gotten out of her driveway. <laughs> we, yeah, you would live there now. <laughs> we're not. And the other thing, too, is we live in Florida. We're not used to mud. We get spoiled in Florida because with sand, you don't have mud. Yeah. So mud is sucks. You guys that have mud, it just sucks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's the rest of the world. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> let's do some birthdays. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday to our auditor, Jessica. Now, Jessica is our traveling auditor who lives out of her Living Quarters Horse Trailer in the most beautiful places in America. So happy birthday to Jessica. Rebecca Hodgetts and Tyler Gilman are also auditors with birthdays today. So happy birthday to both of you. And I'm excited to announce we had new auditors last week. Janelle Cameron and Cheryl Rings. We're glad to have you both. And thank you for becoming an auditor. If you want to join the auditor group, head on over to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner at the top of the page. Well, I'm going to go a little racehorse on you because something really cool happened. A horse, there's a horse named Moira. Yes, she was named after Moira Rose. Okay. She is a filly, three years old, and she ran in the Queen's Plate yesterday. And the Queen's Plate is the $1 million Queen's Plate stakes in England. You have to be born in Europe to even compete in it. And this filly went against the boys and set a track record. Her mile and a quarter time was 201.38, which is insane. And uh, she won by 10 and three quarter links last month at Woodbine. So, and she won seven links. This, she won this race by seven links. She's amazing. So uh, I just wanted to give you a little, uh, a little horsey over in Europe. That's, that's crushing it. The other thing that happened, Glenn, is on Friday night, Remington Park opened up. That is the track here uh, in Oklahoma City. Most of the horses that I train come from there. And there is, I, I, did ma- I did make notice that most of them are geldings. Most of them are claiming races. You know, it's like, it's it's not like uh, Keeneland. Okay, it's like, it's it's Oklahoma City thoroughbred horses so uh, i did i took lucas couldn't find a babysitter so i'm like dude i'm gonna teach you all about the racetrack and so i wanted to update everybody and let you know how we did um i gave lucas 20 dollars, and i said you can b- spend this 20 dollars to the night can i bet well no i have to do that why not because it's illegal for you to take the money and go gamble so i when we went to the first race he liked one. I liked another. We bet them nothing. And he's like, what did we win? Uh, nothing. We didn't win anything. Why not? 
Well, because we bet uh, actually Lucas had, he picked two and he was like, I like number four and number six. And like, of course he picked them in an exacta. Cause I was like, you can put them together if you like those two. And then the two horse comes out of nowhere and wins, but four came in second and six came in third. So he was like, we win. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you picked them to come in first and second. He was like, but they came in like that. I was like, yeah, but that two horse pushed them to second and third. He was so unhappy <laughs> and upset that he did not win anything that by the time he got down to $10 left, he's like, I'm done. I'm uh. money. <laughs> I was like, yes, I have. I, I won as a parent. I have taught my child that gambling sucks. <laughs> I lost $100, but won as a parent. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was totally worth the money. He's like, God, this can we go? This is not that fun. <laughs> like, good boy. That's good funny. Yeah. He was like, he was like, what? I don't understand why we didn't get our money back. I'm like, cause you gamble it. He was like, but they came in second and third. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't come in first and second. He was like, they came in next to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish it worked that way too. <laughs> yeah. I go, you know what, buddy? Here's the thing. Because a couple other races were like so close, you know. I mean, we were betting like $2. And I was like, here's the deal, buddy. They don't want you to take home their money. (laughs) (laughs) They aren't like, oh, you were so close here. Have it anyway. It's like, no, no, no. This is how this works. So, yes, Lucas came home with $10 (laughs) and won. I think we, oh, we did bet one race, win, play, show. And the horse came in third and the two of us, we come, we piled our money in to do it together. So it cost each of us like, you know, three bucks and we go in and the horse came in third. And so the race cost us $6 and we won five. And he was like, I don't, I don't understand why we didn't get our money back. I'm like, they came in third. He was like, well, then why do people do that? I was like, I don't know. That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah, He's asking like, all the right questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like I I had a victory as a parent. It might have cost us some money, but it was worth it in the end because my son now thinks gambling sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, for those that are wondering, Jamie and I never did get to go to the casino and play blackjack. Just timing never worked out. Well, uh, it turns out you have to have a babysitter for things like that. You yeah. can take a kid to the track, but you can't take yeah. a kid inside a casino. <laughs> Ask me how I know because I went to Vegas. Vegas when Lucas was like two two weeks old <laughs> because we lived in Arizona. We went up there for a thing and I was sitting in this sports book with the baby. I mean, he's like, like I say, he's like 14 days old and there's a non-smoking area, of course, and I'm sitting in the sports book and he's in this little thing and the security came up to me and they said, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Just sitting in his sports book. He was like, you have a, he's under 21. I was like, he is 14 days. <laughs> he's 14 days old. <laughs> Yes, but uh, he's not, he doesn't have a, a light. He's not 21. I was like, but he's 14 days old. He's sitting in a thing. They were like, sorry, ma'am, you have to take the kid out. You have to be 21 to sit in here. He's loitering. He's loitering. He's sleeping. He's 14 days. So, yes, you cannot take babies into casinos. He's loitering. I don't recommend doing that anyway, but it was Chad was a work function and they had non smoking section. So I'm taking my baby. Let's go. I'm going to play some <laughs> Watch some horse racing. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> He's loitering. It's so funny, though, because in Vegas, you have to go, kids have to walk through the casino to get to their room. 
I mean, everything is through the casino in Vegas. I know, but you can't loiter. You can't loiter. <laughs> you can walk. But That's right. Keep walk. walking. So when we left your house, I was on. We were on our way to Tammy's. I said, "I'm going to stop at Windstar, the largest casino in the world." So when am I going to get to do that again? And I can play the blackjack you and I didn't play. And then I thought I could play your money too, and I could have an excuse with Jennifer to bet more. <laughs> so uh, we get to the exit, and it is coming down. It is pouring. And then Jennifer said, you know we're going to have to park at the far end of the parking lot with the trailer, and we're going to have to walk through this. And I was like... Oh, my God. Could that be a more first-world problem? <laughs> like, oh, we're So we didn't stop. That was her excuse outside. not to have me stop at the casino. That's she what that was. She <laughs> was just trying anything. So apparently the gambling gods were not with us all weekend, apparently. Dude, this horse, Moira, that is the fastest in 163 years of the Queen's Plate, which makes me go, wow, they've been running this race for 163 <laughs> years. Another Zenyatta in the making here? I guess. Oh, my God. Apparently, this horse, by the way, back to that, they couldn't even, They apparently, she's so fractious in the paddock that they couldn't even take her in the same area as the other horses. And they had to, like, take her to a completely different area to get her tacked up and everything because she goes so crazy. That would really throw off my betting. I would never bet a horse that was going that crazy. And here she wins. <laughs> Well, let me give you a quick update on the trip, and then we got to get an update on your baby horse and everything that's going on over there. Uh, so I want to thank Tara Tibbetts, who used to host the fox hunting episode here on Horses in the Morning. She went out to dinner with us over the weekend. We had excellent Mexican, and her husband was there, fascinating guy, got to visit with them. That was a lot of fun. And then on Saturday, we headed into, Jennifer and I headed into Fort Worth. And we did the Segway tour. Now, this was downtown Fort Worth. <laughs> Why would you tour downtown Fort Worth on a Segway? Well, it, we love Segway tours. We've done almost everywhere we've gone. And this guy was hilarious. I mean, he was hilarious. It was just a trip. He used to be a pharmaceutical salesperson, burn out of that and bought a Segway company. And he gave us the best tour of downtown Fort Worth. It was so much fun. But I forgot, when you're riding a Segway, have you ever done one? I, st I, the science museum ha that I've taken Lucas to has two, and I did it. I was on it for about 10 seconds, and I was like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> nope, well, not for me. It's a lot like riding horses. You use your feet to control forward and reverse. So you lean forward, you push your toes down. If you want to go forward, you push your, your heels back if you want to stop or go backward. And when you do that for three hours on a Segway, your feet and calves are aching. I mean, we had to get off a couple times. Everybody had to get off a couple times. If you're not used to that, and even Jennifer said, I'm not going to be able to ride I'm not going to be able to ride tomorrow. <laughs> it was it was fun, though. We had a good time doing the Segway tour. And then yesterday, we headed over to the stockyards for, at Fort Worth. And we had Jennifer had never been there before. So we headed over there. And we got to see the, uh, we got to see the Longhorns come down in the parade down the street. And you're going to hear from one of the drovers a little bit later. We, we did an interview with him before on the show. And I got to see him yesterday. So you're going to hear about that a little bit later. Um, and, uh, you know, we just had a good time. It's very kitschy and touristy, although Jennifer did buy a, bear, a pair of boots. So I've, I've done the maze. Did you did do the maze? I was wondering about I've done that. The maze, yeah. yes. Did you get yes. out or were you stuck in there forever? Well, I'm not there currently, so I must have gotten out. <laughs> I didn't know if they helicopter in and airlift you out if you get stuck in the maze. No, you no. Just, there's people up top who go, all right. 
right, keep going. Make a left. left. It's sort yeah. of like when we did the uh, the escape room, giving us hints. Yeah. Yes. You need the hints. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. I mean, it, it, there were a lot of people there, as there always is in downtown. Uh, why they don't close that street off, I'm not sure, uh, and not have traffic on it. That doesn't make any sense to me. But um, so it was fun. We had a good time. Jennifer got to see it. And she said, you know what she said? She said, okay, I've seen Fort Worth now. I don't need to see it again. So did you sit on the cow for five dollars? We did not sit on the cow. I felt so bad for the cow. The cow stands there all day and gets pictures taken. Now it appeared that they changed the cows every couple hours. Um, it's not a bad gig for a cow. It could be way worse. Well, Jennifer said that too. She said, "Look at the alternative." Exactly. <laughs> They're alive. So uh, although I did, we were kind of over where they were rounding up the Longhorns in the pen to get him to go out and do the parade. And they, it was starting to rain. They didn't want to have any parts of that. They were like, I don't want to do a parade today. And it took them a while to round them up. They started to parade late because they could not get them moving. And then how they don't get, they run them through this wooden chute. How they don't get stuck in everything, I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing. With their horns. I don't know how they don't get stuck in everything. I don't get it. But if, if, you, if you've never been there, I think Jamie would even agree. If you've never been there, you have to see it once. It's very touristy, but you have to see it once. And then you're good. You really yeah. don't need to see it again. <laughs> so, Check. Yeah. All right. Your, your baby, how's the baby doing? Well, um, you know, I'm having to go in the stall and stick antibiotics in her mouth three times a day. Every eight hours, I'm having to walk in, and 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 it doesn't taste terrible. Like it smells good. And the first couple of times, she's like, "Okay." Now she's starting to resent me a little bit. So I'm trying to figure out ways to like go in. Now I used to be I, the first couple of days, I could just grab her and just stick it in. Now I have to walk in with a halter, and I'm spending time scratching her and like handing her little nibbles here and there. Like, come on, you're gonna love me. It's not working. <laughs> she is she's not impressed with me uh, attempting to dose her orally with antibiotics. Uh, so there's that. And then she's also not. She's not calm. Turns out a two month old, you know, three month old baby that's been on stall rest for like a million years is not going well. Um, she's I saw not, a picture of her it. rearing up in the stall. Yeah, she was doing caprioles in the stall, but she was landing on. <laughs> Like on her good leg. Oh, well, good. Which, All right. <laughs> which, well, it just concerns me because then you've like, are you going to give yourself laminitis? I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, I'm pretty frustrated. So, uh, the vet comes out today, my vet, and we're going to do a bandage change and all that. She's like r- running around the stall and she runs around the stall with her like one bum leg in the air. It's just, it's, uh, it's awful. This is very hard. It's really tough to watch and participate in, but. I'll, the alternative is death. So I'm like, you can. So kind of like anything. the Longhorns. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You stand here and <laughs> let us do what we're gonna do. The alternative isn't good. So we're gonna get her a bandage change today and 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 see uh, how things are progressing. And I'll, this is the first time I'll see the surgical site. Um, and she gets her s- sutures out. At the end of the week, so she's still. Uh, for those who don't know, she had to, she fractured her knee and had a screw put in it, um, the, the, as a as a latch di- last ditch life saving effort. So, um, and we yeah, don't know actually, we don't know how she did it, do we? 
No, and mm. she's never going to be rideable. She, she was on stall rest when she broke her knee. And, and so she's cavorting around and somebody said, why don't you put her in a smaller stall? And I'm like, well, she's in a 12 by 18. I don't think a 12 by 12. I mean, her mom is already pink. My mare is already like, get away. Leave me alone. <laughs> Sick of you. Because I'm in wait. too. <laughs> I can't. It's so stressful. And then I can't have the baby eat the food. So I have to have the feeder hanging on the backside. And then like pink drops all her food out of her mouth. And she's had her teeth blood. Everything is, everything is fine. Everything just sucks. But why do we, do, why do, we like, do this, by the way? How much I'm ruining her. And then I'm like, oh, she's never going to be rideable. So I'm not really ruining her that bad. You know, like mentally, she's eventually going to get out of stall rest. But it's just, it's tough. This is really tough. This is probably the, this is probably the hardest thing I've had to do with horses. Is it really? Be, yeah. Yeah. With, without a doubt. It's, it's, it's like, it's heart wrenching. Well, it's heart wrenching sure. when it's an adult horse and they stall bound for, you know, months. Yeah, and, but but what sucks is like poor Pink, the mare is stuck in this doll, and you, just so you guys know, Pink's if, going, hey, I didn't break anything. <laughs> if I would have known all of this, because Pink is pregnant, I never would have bred her again, <laughs> never. But I didn't know any of this was going to happen, so I'm kind of like, oh god, why did I, why did I do this? Why didn't you stop me, Glenn? I tried to. I mentioned something, but you don't listen to me, so. Uh, this is t- it's terrible. It sucks. So happy Monday, everybody. Mm. This sucks. And th- here's what's really exciting is my mom's coming in town tomorrow. So that should be fun. <laughs> so so things are really looking up. Really excited. So well, I yeah. you know it's better for me now that I've seen your place because now when you talk about it, I can visualize where where everything is. So I'm Good. glad I got to see it. I'm glad it's working. Out I didn't for get you. to meet the baby though. You went and picked the baby up after we left. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm kind of glad. <laughs> Think so. of the, I mean, she's so beautiful and she's, she's so like, once you're up to her, she's so sweet. And now when she doesn't hate me with the t- syringe, um, but yeah, this is, it's tough. It's tough. And, the, and I'm, I'm through two tubes already. And I looked in the bag and I have like 150 more. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> you're going, Oh God. How long? <laughs> oh God. So uh, one other thing before we get to our guest here, um, if you're ever in, I wanted to mention this earlier, if you're ever in Weatherford, Texas, you got to stop at a place called Teskey's. Have you ever oh been to Teskey's? I haven't, but, but but Barrett Farm Boy sings the praises of. of Did you Teskies. see the picture I posted of the saddles? That's insane. <laughs> they must have a thousand saddles. Uh, uh, it is the if you're into Western, they have a tiny little corner in the back with English. Um, I was going to ask, do yeah. they have, can I go try on clothes there? Yeah, they have about 10 pieces of clothes that you could try on in the back little corner where they're regulated for the English department. But the Western department is enormous. I mean, enormous. They, I have never seen so many Western saddles in one place. We walked out of there and we said, what do you think their inventory costs are here? It's got to be $10 million. Wow. It's just incredible. And the picture I took was only half the saddles. There was another are half behind serious? me. Yes. It was only about half the saddles. So it, it, I'll post that picture as our show notes picture for today because it was just incredible. Now, they're all Western saddles, but if you're a Western person, you better bring some cash along because they have a thousand bridles, a thousand bits. So, you know, they just had, oh, lassos or lasso. Is that how you say it officially? 
Um, lassos. Yeah, they must have had 10,000 lassos in every color, variety, shape, and size, and they had a lasso testing area with fake cows that you could uh, lasso. So there you go. <clears throat> That's what I know about Western right there. But it was big. <laughs> it was worth seeing once, that's for sure. We got out. I spent $14 at Teskey's. I bought a rope halter <laughs> for Scooter because they're hard to find in his size. So, but they had about every size in the world there. So I got a rope halter for Scooter. And that was it. <laughs> that's what we spent at Teskey's. $14. We got out cheap. Well, the World Equestrian Center has many horse events going on right now and tons of other stuff. Of course, they have uh, almost 30 rings, a large outdoor arenas, multiple conference centers, and 10 restaurants. And their new magazine is out right now. You can read it for free. Uh, I'll include a link in the show notes to it. The Stable Spotlight is on Thornell Equestrian in Loveland, Ohio. Together with their parents, sisters Natalie and Erica have established a successful jumper training facility at their charm home facility in Ohio. The siblings balance schoolwork and farm work and have notable wins uh, under their belt already, so check that article out. Some great pictures in there. Plus, they do articles on show jumpers Richard Spooner and also Sharn Wordly. And Sharn is the one that uh, Kayla Benny rides with. At his oh, wow. barn, yeah. So he's highlighted in there as well. So you can check all of that out. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes directly to the magazine. You can read it online. So if you're driving past Ocala, head into the World Equestrian Center. It's a must-see. And everybody out here in Texas has been asking about it because everybody's heard about it. You can visit them at worldequestriancenter.com and check it out there. Or WEC.com, right? It's worldequestriancenter.com. I don't know if WEC.com works. That's a good question. Let me find out. Yeah, check that. I don't know if it works. I doubt it, but maybe they bought it. Nope. (laughs) They spent a billion dollars building the place, but they couldn't get the the WEC.com URL. It's it's open, so (laughs) somebody can have it. Somebody can have it. Well, I want to replay an interview that we did. It was one of our Black Rains guests of the month uh, a while back. I know some of you probably heard it, but I know many of you didn't. And it was a fascinating interview we did with one of the drovers, and you're going to find out what that is, too, in this interview. His name was Donald Lee. Well, we saw Donald yesterday uh, during the parade of uh, Longhorns, and I thought, wow, that gave me an idea. Let's replay his interview because it was so good. So here's Donald Lee. Well, our next guest is our Black Reigns guest of the month. He grew up, like many of us do, obsessed with horses and now has a dream job working as a drover for the Fort Worth Herd. And we're going to find out what that means and more with Donald Lee. Hey, Donald. Hey, Glenn. How you doing? Good. So what is a drover? Okay. A drover is actually the uh, name that was... Uh, a drover is actually a cowboy before they were called cowboys. Before they were called cowboys, they were called drovers. And the reason why they were called drovers is because they drove cattle. Uh. The, when we start talking about they, we start talking about drovers. We're talking about a time period, that era between 1866 after the Civil War and, and the late 1880s. Got it. Uh, just a little bit about, about who I am and who I work for. I work for the Fort Worth Herd. The Fort Worth Herd is a nonprofit organization that is managed by uh, the city of Fort Worth's um, Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they manage us. And what we do is we are a public relations tool for the city of Fort Worth. Fort Worth is known as uh, as Cowtown, as the Cowtown. 
because of its rich heritage uh, in the Western culture, um, and, uh, particularly the Old West. Now, to answer your question about a drover, the drovers were hired on to ranches back in the 1800s, again, like I said, right after the Civil War, uh, to w- work ranches, but also to help to round up cattle. Uh, we work with, with Longhorns. We got Texas Longhorns that we, that we drive up the street twice daily in Fort Worth in the uh, stockyards. And I got to say, um, I, because, I've been there for that, and it's so cool. Yeah. It's so much fun to watch. It, it is. It's fun to work with the Longhorns, and it's it, what we do. We do that because it's paying tribute to that era, and that was so crucial for Texas because after the Civil War, uh, as you as you would know, um, the economy in Texas was broke. It was busted after the war, and so. But in the North, the Northerners had uh, they they had money, but they had depleted their supply of cattle of beef. So there was a strong need and desire for beef up north, uh, where beef was plentiful here in Texas, um, oh. and and there was a strong need for money to rebuild the economy here in Texas. And so it was kind of like you know the uh, the the Reese's commercial where you got your, your your chocolate dipped into the peanut butter accidentally. Next thing you know, it, 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 it's a yeah. thing of winter. <laughs> um, so so basically, what the drovers would do, you would have ranches that would hire these uh, actually youngsters onto their outfit and they would round up these longhorns. At that particular time, the longhorns were, were very, very plentiful. I mean, they uh, estimated that at about 12 million running the, roaming the plains wild in uh, the San Antonio area in South Texas. Wow. So they were so plentiful there. Um, and they come pretty much like a dime a dozen, as they would say. The Longhorns were only worth about a dollar a head here in Texas. So while a dollar was, you know, it was the value of a dollar was much more back then than it is now, it was still not enough in terms of, you know, trying to help to rebuild the economy and, and feed families. So, but they discovered, you know, some ranchers got together and said, hey, you know, if we can round up these wild cattle, that's roaming around here and we can get them to market up in uh, Kansas um, to meet the rail railhead, then we could actually command up to about $40 a head. So the drovers would round up wild Mustangs. Okay. They were wild. They also had Mustangs that were running wild. They would have to round those, those horses up. Then they would have to break them. Right. Because again, this, time period uh the trains the trains did not come this far south so the only way to transport the the cattle from texas or from uh south texas into kansas where they where the uh, railroads were um where they would you know as far down as it would go they would have to drive them up uh, on horseback so that in order to get the horses they had to catch the horses they had to break the horses get make them rideable and then make them rideable to help to round up the Longhorns. So they would round up the Longhorns and uh, and start on a cattle drive. And now there were many cattle drives in uh, that were going out uh, in that particular time uh, period. But the time that we represent, or the uh, cattle drive that we represent at the in Fort Worth, is the Chisholm the Chisholm Trail. And that's because the Chisholm Trail actually uh, started in San Antonio 
and they would drive cattle on into Fort Worth, stopping at the stockyards in Fort Worth to, uh, to pick up supplies along their way. They would drive the cattle uh, up through Oklahoma into Kansas, and from there they would meet the railhead uh, to transport the cattle uh, to the northern states. And that's how uh, Texas rebuilt its economy um, through the, the cattle drives. And the drovers were very, very, a very major uh, contributor to that. Um, now they would sell the cow. They would sell the Longhorns. Now remember, they would take two. You would have really about between ten and twelve drovers. You had about ten to twelve drovers that would transport on horseback, pushing them um, uh, two thousand to three thousand head of Longhorns. That's a lot of Longhorns. <laughs> it's a lot of long, Longhorns, and they would travel hundreds of miles. Uh, they would get up. Early in the morning, about 4, 4.30 in the morning, have their breakfast. They get up. They have biscuits. They would have beans and coffee, black coffee, no sugar. no. <laughs> they would have no creamer. And they would get up. They would eat and drink their coffee. And then they would uh, saddle their horses up and start moving. They would travel 12 to 13 miles a day. So they would pretty much get up when it's still dark. And they, they weren't done until it was still dark. There was no lunch. So if you were hung, if, if you plan on um, eating um, uh, for lunch, you better make sure that you get you some biscuits and put it in your saddle bag because there was no stopping. You had to get those cattle, keep those cattle moving. Um, and so that that was uh, what the drovers did. And so we represent that. Now, um, so I wanted to ask you, Donald, were there a lot yes. of African-Americans and Mexicans and Indians and things working there as drovers? Were, there, there, there were in Glenn, you know, in... Part of me, is, I'm, I'm going to answer that, but I want to preface my answer with what I'm getting ready to tell you now. Okay. okay? Um, the outfit that I ride for, the Fort Worth Herd, um, they 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 uh, do reach out to African Americans uh, to hire. Okay, and there have been some African Americans that work as drovers with with uh, the Fort Worth Herd. Okay, but right now I'm the only one. Um, there is a young man that just joined our outfit who is. Um, his mother is black and his, and his, fa- and his father is, is uh, Hispanic, okay? Um, for the past five, almost six years, I've been the only, the only black drover, okay? Now, that having been said, that's interesting because when people come, when visitors come to the Fort Worth stockyards and they see me on horseback, or they'll see me walking around the stockyards with my drover clothes on because that's how we dress. We dress time uh, uh, period correct. So the way I dress for work is how they dress in the 1860s. Okay. So when when black people come to the uh, to visit the stockyards, they're in awe when they see me because they they're like, oh, it's a black cowboy. Oh, a black. Can we get a picture with you? Oh, we want to get a picture with you, right? You know why? That's because you know, most of us grew up watching Western, the Western movies you know, on TV, on a big screen. We, we grew up watching John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, Gene Autry, Roy Rogers, all those guys, right? We grew up watching them, but we didn't see, we didn't even know, we didn't even know until we became grown that the real Lone Ranger was a black man by the name of Bass Reeves. That, the Lone Ranger was not white, he was black. Right. So to answer your question, were there blacks? Uh, and Mexicans, of course, of one fourth of every cowboy, okay, in the West were black. 
Hmm. So, so actually, it was really a diverse. It was really a diverse uh, 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 arena or culture. You had you, you had your Anglo-Saxon, um, you had your newly freed slaves, right? You had the blacks. You also had the Native Americans, and you had the the Mexican vaqueros. And so, w- the images that we've gotten all our lives from the media is a misrepresentation of reality. It was a mis- misrepresentation of what, what it really was. And so it was very diverse, um, and it wasn't just a, a, a white thing. As a matter of fact, it hurts me, Glenn. It, it hurts my soul to go to work every day, and I see every, on, on average, I see every race or nationality pretty much represented at the stockyards as a visitor's uh, uh, but I don't see on 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 any to any um, uh, significant degree um, African Americans at the stockyards, right? I, I don't I don't I don't hardly see them. I mean, yeah, we'll get when we get black people coming to the stockyards on average. Okay, um, generally they're coming from other countries. They might be coming from Africa. They may be coming from another country, right? Uh, and then we'll have some from you know black Americans, uh, African Americans, but they're so very few compared to the white people that are out there, compared to the uh, Hispanic um, people out there, compared to even Native Americans. But, you know, and I think the reason why that is, is because, again, you know, they're not used to, they think, I think, if you would ask me why I think that is, I think that's because they, they don't really think that that was part of our culture, part of our history. It's more so, well, that, you know, that, those are white people. <laughs> right. I, I agree so with what you. What I want people to do. I agree yeah, with you. Ahead. I took my my partner uh, in one of my businesses is African American, and she had we went to a rodeo. She had never been to a rodeo, and she was you know right. she she didn't know why she was going to a rodeo. She had no idea. <laughs> so, um, right. Right. so, so I agree with you. I think that's part of the reason. Yeah, it it, it is, and so to me, I'm I'm very very proud to be uh, both. I'm proud to be a, a drover or a cowboy, okay? And I'm also proud to be a black cowboy or a black drover, okay? Uh, because like James Brown said, <laughs> I'll say it out loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and at the same time, at the same time, God has given me a multicultural, multi-ethnic vision, uh, a philosophy on life. You know what I mean? So you can't miss me any kind of way. You know, um, I mix well with, with, with every nationality, um, you know, um, you know, at the same time, I'm proud to represent the, 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 the black cowboy or the black drover. I got some, I'll post some pictures in our show notes too, of you with the longhorns riding down okay. the street. Awesome. I have those. So we'll, we'll post those yes, there sir. as well. But before I let you go, we're running out of time, but I want to ask you about the most important thing in your life. Well, beside maybe your family and that's black yeah, and cocoa. Absolutely. Tell us about black and cocoa. Oh man. Oh my God. Those <laughs> are my pride and joy. Okay. Um, Coco is a horse. Uh, Coco is, is my, she's a ruler. She's a gorilla-colored uh, quarter horse mare, and um, and black is is a Morgan. He's a, a solid black, cold black uh, Morgan gelding. Oh, okay. And I've been having. I bought Coco. Watch this. I bought Coco for. Um, I got her about three years ago, 
I had him about three years. I, I paid fifty dollars for that horse. <laughs> right, about three or four years ago, I paid fifty dollars for the horse, and I I trained her. I you know I trained her really well, and I turned back around and I sold her. I sold her for eight hundred dollars. Right, um, and then I found out that the guy that I sold her to was neglecting her severely. Right, um, and I mean like really, really, really neglecting her. So I. So I got $800, right, because I wanted him to um, let me buy her back. And he was like, well, you know, I'll sell her back to you for what, the price you, you sold it to me. I'm like, okay, cool. So I got her back for $800, and this was right at about um, about a year ago. So I've been having my baby back, and we've been back together. I've built her back up and stuff, and now me and her working together because she, she's, not only my, she's not only my baby girl, but uh, she's my business partner, right? <laughs> And, uh, and so she's never going, she's never going, she's never getting sold again. Is she? (laughs) She's never getting sold again. That's my baby for life. (laughs) Well, I am so happy that, uh, that you, you got these two horses and they're going to start working with kids and get them out riding. I think that's, we need more of that. Uh, so as you know, all over the horse world, especially in the African American community, we, we definitely need more. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us today. I also want to thank black rains magazine for setting this up. It's blackrains.com. And if you want to see Donald, just go out any day, uh, to the streets of, uh, Fort Worth and you'll see him riding by. Uh, yes, sir. Fort Worth Stockyard. Fort Worth Stockyard. We do twice daily cattle drives, eleven thirty and four o'clock Central Standard Time every single day. And to bring right. a lot of money because there's a lot of shopping in Fort Worth. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be absolutely. You can't go to Fort Worth and not spend some money. That's for sure. No, thank- you got to spend. You gonna spend some money. <laughs> thank you, Donald. Appreciate it. Well, we would like to thank Purina for being a sponsor. The PhD equine nutritionist at Purina Animal Nutrition tackle problems using science. Their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right. Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating. Even when it takes years of research, they don't stop until it's right. They're dedicated to the scientific method, but it can't capture the feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horses live their best life. So put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. It usually is, and I uh, would like to thank all of our auditors for submitting their actual real problems, okay? These are not first world. These are like things that are happening right now, Glenn. And uh, you, you put up the post early this morning, so we don't have like a billion of them like we usually do. But if somebody wants to be involved, be an auditor, and participate in this, what do they do? You just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page, and you too can become an auditor and play in all our uh, holiday games. here. (laughs) Reindeer games. Reindeer games, that's right. Hey, can I do the first one for one of our auditors? It wasn't under there, it was somewhere else. She posted it. This is Heather, and I know Heather. uh, Heather uh, used to live down near the coast in Florida, but apparently, to my surprise and my delight, and I'll tell you why, she's moving 14 horses, 15 carriages, her business, and her entire house farm equipment and three dogs to a beautiful new farm in the south side of Ocala. 
So she's having to decide which horse goes in which stall and which one gets which pasture, and it's just been difficult, and she said she hasn't gotten much sleep, and uh, she has a lot of unpacking to get done, so that's her equestrian oh, first world problem. Thing, moving to a nice big new farm. And, and she's south of Ocala near us, which means, Heather... Can I come over and get my Percheron fix every once in a while? Because she has a lot of them. So can I just come over and play every once in a while with the ba- with the Percherons? Don't do it. Else she's going to bring his pony and leave it at your house. <laughs> please, please, Heather. Can I come over and play? I want to come over and play. Just saying. Perfect. Well, let's see here. We have many others that also have problems. Flossie says, you know, we've had a bit of a run of using, uh, having interviews with horses that are working. Working horses. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Flossie tried to get her horses to work. And her problem is, I would love to use both my minis in a pair to help with my yard work. But only one of them wants to be helpful. And the second one pitched a fit, threw herself on the ground with all four (laughs) legs in the air. You can see this happening too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gwen says, I got my first ever new saddle. But now I'm terrified of hurting it and I won't put it down anywhere and it always needs a cover and I'm paranoid about my stirrups touching it. And I'm secretly <laughs> looking forward to its first mark because then I could just calm down. Yeah, you got to just like get off of it with a belt on and just make a big old scrape in it and then you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, it's like a like... new car. You don't want to eat in it. You, you you get it at the first day for the dealer and it smells so good and you're like, I'm not going to eat in it. I'm not going to drink in it. I'm not going to do any of that. In two weeks, it's just trashed. So yeah, it'll be the same with your saddle. You'll be fine. Of you with your horse trailer because yes. you've never had a horse in it. <laughs> right. And they're going to ruin it. That's right. Like I, I posted a video. I was doing some trailer loading with a horse uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. And I'm like videoing it. And I'm noted, like, I cleaned the, the bedding out because I had to go pick up Effie. So, like, everything was cleaned out and the fresh bedding was put in. The floor looks so great. And then the walls. The walls have poop smeared all over them. It's just the way that it is. Um, Yeah, the floor gets cleaned, you know, every once in a while. The walls, about every three years, you power wash them. (laughs) Let's see here. Carrie said, I spent all weekend horse shopping, and now I'm too tired to go to work. (laughs) Horse shopping is exhausting. It is. It really it's is. It's very true. It's true. Diane says, we keep seeing horses that'll make perfect additions to our home, but we have to buy the land first and we can't get a hold of guy that's selling the land because the phone number's wrong. <laughs> this happens a lot with horses, even horse shopping. It's like, are you trying to actually sell the item that you're trying to sell? Do you really want to sell it? Because you're not working very hard. Uh, Steph said, I have a really nice consignment horse and I want to buy her, but I have too many personal horses already. (laughs) Samantha says, I'm going horse camping in 10 days and I can't decide which of my horses to take. Oh, you have so many good horses that all could do it and you just can't decide. Um, Nicole, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you the the champion. I'll I'll, I'll come back to you. Holly says, I rode two horses on Friday and I planned on riding all weekend, but my thighs chafed and it hurt to walk. (laughs) (laughs) She goes on to say, how do those Mongol Derby people do it without chafing? Haven't you seen the pictures of their chafing? (laughs) Their like thighs are like, there's no skin there anymore. You can actually see femur. (laughs) (laughs) 
Alyssa said, I'm loving how my mare pokes her head out to greet me through a drop down stall window, but we've only been at this barn for four days and she's already learned to escape. And the video she posted is basically Zeus. The horse reaches over, undoes the latch and goes to slide it. Bottom latches. You got to make it happen. Um, Hannah says, my truck broke down this week. The mechanic came and worked on it. And like anything else, of course, it wasn't fixed with one part and one repair. It requires more money to fix. But at least now it's it's not completely sound, but at least it's rideable. <laughs> I guess she said rideable. Oh, I love it. Um, Kaylee says, I kind of have an equestrian virtual problem. This little guy came to live with us yesterday. And there's a photo of a cute little puppy and her daughter. He kept me up all night and I'm so tired and so cranky. <laughs> Let me tell you, Kaylee, the greatest thing ever is a basset hound puppy. Because you know why? I put him in his crate at eight o'clock last night and I got up at six and let him out. And I had to wake him up. <laughs> like, wake up. I have time to go outside. You have to pee. I don't want to get out of bed. Like, they're 22 hours a day. That dog sleeps 22 hours a day. All right. And finally, let's see. Nicole, I feel your pain. Our winner of the equestrian first world problems. My KPP chapstick from the HRN Roadshow last year finally ran out and no other chapsticks work as well as the KPP ones. <laughs> Kentucky Performance Karen, Products chapstick. Can they send her some know. chapstick? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what is what it is hey wait a minute i think i have I a bucket it. of chapstick drop me a private message on facebook with your address and i'll only her i'll send her chapstick what's amazing is that you can go an entire year without putting your chapstick in the dryer like because <laughs> that's how all my chapsticks die is they're in my pockets <laughs> and i put them in the wash and they don't fall in the wash and they go to the dryer and then yeah it's sad and then i open it up i'm like no because it's all melted out. You guys all love that KPP chapstick. Mm, she said it best. was a shock because she bought it not knowing that it was apparently the best chapstick in the world. And, well, uh, I, the last time I was at Monty's, uh, I was using the KPP chapstick. And I was like, oh, this is the best chapstick there is. And then Pat, Monty's wife, said, you know what Monty uses? He swears by one particular chapstick. And I was like... Monty Roberts has a favorite chapstick? <laughs> what? What is it? Do you know what chapstick Monty Roberts uses? I don't it's know. called lizard lips. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on Amazon and I bought a three pack of lizard lips. And you know what? It's great chapstick. <laughs> Not going to lie. However, it ain't no KPP chapstick. Best name so in the I world, like, though. Lizard lift. I love that. I feel like you should send Monty some as well, just so you know. Okay, he right. needs to be converted off of lizard lips. It's <laughs> 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 like a little lizard on it, and it's like cartoon lizards. It's so cute. It's just like, that does not seem like something a cowboy would use. Would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, Monty swears by lizard lips. You have to try it. I did try it. It's really good, but it's no KPP, which means send Monty some KPP. Okay, we'll do. Let's call it a day. Uh, we're going to have a Horse Illustrated episode. I'm going to be recording that in the rain later today, too. 
And then Wednesday, we'll have a best of. And uh, Friday, you and Lisa. By the way, you need to check your email. Um, Lisa's confirming about guests. You and Lisa are going to be here on together on Friday. I will be heading tomorrow to Podcast Movement for the next two days and then to WISA. So we're going to be recording. You know how we, in the old days, pre-COVID, we would always do interviews with vendors about new products. Well, we're going to be doing that again at WISA. So we'll have to sprinkle into the show uh, throughout the next month or two. We'll have some new product interviews that we did at WISA, too. So uh, we'll be three days there and then and then the long drive home. So, uh, so we'll look forward to bringing you those new product interviews as well. And that's it for today. Auditors, hold on, because we have... I'm going to talk a little podcasting with you, and I have some numbers for you and Jamie that I think you're going to find interesting. All right, everybody. Spade, neuter, geld. Still raining. Still dark as night. Let me look at the lake. Blow it to the north, please. Lake's taller, but it's not to the trailer tires yet. I guess we're okay. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. Well, being that I'm going to podcast movement for the next couple days, and there's going to be 2,500 podcasters there, including some celebrities, apparently. Uh, I know Mark Cuban's going to be there, and a couple other celebrities from Hollywood are going to be there that have podcasts. Um, So I got this article today sent to me, and we hit episode 3,000 the other day, right? Correct. Well... Not too many podcasts do that. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So there's 4.4 million podcasts now. Oh, dear God. Now, that sounds like a lot. Until they took a look at the numbers here last month, 47 of the 47%, so that's 2 million podcasts, have produced fewer than three episodes. Oh, my God. Almost 2 million podcasts, three episodes and done. Huh. of podcasts have been, only 12% have been updated in the last 90 days. That's 475,000 podcasts have been updated in the last 90 days. Only 7% have been updated in the last 30 days. That's 280,000. So out of 4 million podcasts, only 280,000 have been updated. Wow. Wow. I know I get frustrated when I go to search and I'm like, Ugh, the last podcast I did was like, you know, 2021. And this February. shocked me, though. You know, this was shocking numbers. I mean, it just shows you how many people quit. Now, or some of how those... stubborn you are and you won't quit. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show that, we, you know, doing 3,000 is really something. I mean, it really is. So compare podcasting. Uh, so, uh, that number of podcasts, so let's say 200,000, that have done 10 more episodes and have had produced in the last 30 days. Compare that to TV shows and to books, and how do we fare, right? So there are 500, there are 559 scripted shows on cable streaming and broadcast outlets last year. Wow. 550 TV shows, 74,000 new audiobooks. So we have passed those, those two. You know, we've definitely passed those two. Um, so it, it is interesting to see that podcasting is growing, but 
you know, is it really because we were at those numbers, you know, a couple years ago of active podcasts? I think COVID, a lot of people started podcasts, even in the horse world, and then just never, never did anymore. So it was just interesting numbers. And I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch more numbers. We're apparently tomorrow, I have been invited tomorrow to the exclusive meeting of old timers of and apparently, <laughs> yeah, it goes from eight to four, and it's only like 200 of the veterans of podcasting, and it's going to be all numbers and the future of the industry and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure I'll get to meet some interesting people there, too, that I've never met before. But in fact, I was invited. I was very excited about That's awesome. Yeah. So who puts this on? Is this the same podcast conference where you've been like a speaker? No, this one's the biggest one, and it's called Podcast Movement, and it is is a lot of industry people. So the iHeart people, the Spotify people, radio people, you know, it's mostly, you'll see, we see a lot more suits than we do at PodFest, which is all independents. So this is the real power players go to this one. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm nobody at this one. I'm somebody you at Podcast. Nobody at this one. <laughs> you so. are somebody because nobody else has three thousand episodes, except maybe NPR, and it's because they separate their shows into fourteen podcasts. That's true. <laughs> that is true, though, isn't it? That's kind of Jennifer's home from doing the laundry. Did you find the laundromat? I found the laundromat. You did. Okay, good. She found a laundromat with working uh, washers and dryers. You unlike miss the campground. my laundry machine. I do. Yes, yeah, she did this morning. She went to the laundromat here, which had three washers and dryers, and all were out of order. So she had to go to town to do that in the pouring down rain. <laughs> it's a lake. Uh, is a lake coming up to our tires yet? Just <laughs> Do you know what makes it worse after her doing laundry? Yeah. You sitting it. in here laughing at her. So <laughs> careful, buddy. <laughs> Well, little heads up. <laughs> she can't hear you, thank God. You into the laundry in the pouring rain. <laughs> well, it's either that or she had to do with the show with you. So there is one or the other. I bet you didn't give her that choice. I did, did not. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. It's still pouring down rain, and we got to get our flotation devices on the trailer. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, I'll talk to you all day. next week. Jamie will be here this week to talk to you some more. Congratulations, you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.